Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. And this is Art Blog Radio. We're talking today with photographer Zoe Strauss, who has a show opening in January at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. She's self-taught, and she's a chronicler of life in the city. She made her mark by inventing Under I-95, the first DIY outdoor gallery to inhabit the parking lot under the elevated highway in South Philadelphia. As artist, curator, publicist, janitor, and sales representative, hosting an opening and closing on the first Saturday in May from 2001 to 2011. But that successful 10-year project is now over, and she's on to other things. We're going to start by talking a little about what it is that you photograph. Um, You chronicle a lot of your South Philadelphia neighborhood and the people in it. And um, at the same time that you unmask some things that might be described as ugly, there's also beauty. Do you even think there's some ugliness in there? Um, Sure, absolutely. I think there's both at all times in most things in the world. Tell me what your subject is, you think. Um, you know what? It's really everything. It's literally every single thing in the world is, <laughs> is my, I mean, that's, that's it. But a lot of times you're interested in people, yes. right? People are a main yes. source of inspiration. Absolutely. I'm very interested in, um, I'm very interested in engaging with people, particularly in engaging with strangers. Um, Tell and us about that, engaging with strangers, because not all photographers or artists want to do that. Yeah, I, um, that was a main part of the, of 95 of the project was all of the portraits that I made were of people who I'd met as strangers, who I'd approached on the street and said, may I take your photo? And sometimes relationships came out of that. Mostly not. Mostly it was, you know, five minutes and that was the, our exchange was it. Um, it's really, that was a way of engaging with the world that I really loved. I still love. Do you yeah. feel like they're part of your community then? Is it a little bit about community creating, if only in your head? Yes, it is. And um, all, a lot of the people who I've stopped to approach for photographs are people who are neighbors who live close. But actually, as the project kind of wore on, it was something that I found that I would be interested in doing no matter where I was. Well, how do you select who you're after? I um, almost always just go to it intuitively. There's rarely a time where, I actually maybe never a time where I'm thinking, oh, I need to get someone who's wearing, you know, like a blue shirt. Like, it's more that it's kind of both I'm feeling up to an exchange with a stranger and able to be upfront and forward with my interest in why I want to make their photo and where it will be and what this means. And if I was up to being able to describe the whole thing, if I felt compelled to to stop someone and ask them and that's on the basis of absolutely nothing I can put my finger on. So did you ever use a form that a release form? No, never. The people who you generally photograph and the places that you generally photograph are not we're not talking about the moneyed world, the gentry world. Are you an activist? Um Yes, I am a, a political activist, uh, albeit a somewhat lazy one, but that is actually not in, in relation <laughs> to, to my own work, really. I have an active interest in political activism, but I, I don't see this work really as a part of that, but rather the work is kind of more of a straightforward narrative and less of political activism. It's very personal, and I myself am like a, you know, 
pinko lefty commie. So <laughs> it is related to myself in that way. Um, but the presentation of the work is not necessarily about it. It's more to, it's more to engender discussion and less didactic, I hope. And, and did you grow up in a political household, an activist household? Uh, no, I didn't, actually. I just uh, grew up in a regular Philadelphia household. I mean, my mother certainly, <laughs> we're kind of like uh, lefty working class Jews from Philadelphia. And so that's just the kind of household that's familiar to me. So how did you select under I-95 as a location for your monumental you know, gallery? Um, I, I'm very interested in the urban landscape, and I've been very interested in I-95 since its construction. I've known kind of this stretch of it uh, before it opened. You know, the deconstruction and the kind of cutting into existing neighborhoods and what that meant for older cities and for gentrification and the structure of neighborhoods. And one of the central um, political issues when I think I was in fourth grade was to stop I-95 off-ramps. And we lived at 4th and Queen, which was kind of right by Southwark Projects. It was very, it was an interesting time in relation to the highway. These are places that now we have to live with. So there's, you know, there's a great amount of kind of, you know, bewailing how this cut off the waterfront, how it destroyed. And this is in many places, in Chicago especially, where it was a great division. Um, but we have to live with it, and we have to figure out ways to navigate it. And so that's partly where it came from. Also, the space is very, very beautiful. Is It's a public space that's used for specific events that's like mummers practicing, skateboarding, whatever's needed for under the highway. Um, and I wanted to use this place that walking distance from my house that was kind of this public, this public gathering spot. So all of those things. Let's talk about curating for a minute, because you curate your own work. You were the curator of Under I-95. You very carefully selected what photo went next to what other photo and what talked to the one across the way. So now you're working with other curators. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Okay, wait till you hear this. It's great. <laughs> I seriously... I'm working with, um, I'd like to introduce um, Samantha Gainsburg. Samantha, she's my exhibition assistant. Perhaps she would like to introduce the curator, Mr. Peter. The curator of the show is Peter Barberi. The curator photographs at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I uh, love Peter, and it's, ac- it's been spectacular, actually. I was very, very anxious about it. I have to do everything my own way and I'm mental and like a little I have a really really terrible combination of both being um, hyper obsessive compulsive about my own work and yet phenomenally scattered in every other aspect of my life and it is a very very difficult thing to navigate for for everyone around me because I'm insistent on getting my own way Um, And I'm also not really capable of functioning like a regular person in the world and getting things done on time and kind of providing. And sometimes I'm also not capable of articulating why things need to be the way they need to be. I'm certain of it, um, but there's times where I know that this is right and I'm not going to be able to say this is why these two images need to be paired or this is why this one over another one that ostensibly could, could present is stronger. 
I'm, I'm thrilled that people have a strong interest in the work and present it. And I'm also, I'm happy that it's uh, both, I'm happy that it's strong reactions, whether it's positive or negative. And that's, that's really very, very appealing to me. Talk a little bit about those negative reactions and also talk about the scale of your work because sometimes you print it rather small and sometimes they're large. And I wonder if people have reactions based on scale of the work. Mm-hmm. People have different reactions. Um, I absolutely am lying when I say that I pay any attention to it. I just totally forge forward and I'm like, whatever, everyone loves it. <laughs> Woo! So... I think that some of the one of the most interesting reactions that I've had to the work is comes from photographers who have a very uh, strong interest in the mechanism of the camera and printing and the qualities that come with print. Um, I'm interested in when I print larger. I'm in pushing some of the images kind of past the point in which you can see uh, noise or grain um, and have it be somewhat visually compelling up close. I like that. I think it's important to see the mechanism of the camera, and I think it's absolutely no problem to present something so that you have to then step back two or three feet to kind of see the whole thing. That's not appealing to a lot of photographers, especially those who are very interested in the craft that comes along with it, and that's a very, that's a theoretical way of printing. I like it, and I think it's important. So it's really several months before that show comes on, and I'm wondering, what is it that you're doing? I am, well, first of all, losing my mind. (laughs) I will put that out there immediately, and that's full-blown. So um, working, one thing was um, working on the exhibition catalog, which is going to be a fairly large catalog with a lot of plates and essays and um it was, a, it was a daunting job, and there's a billboard project that will happen. Tell us about that. Oh, it is Haven't heard about that. so great. Um, so starting in January, there will be a series of billboards that go up around Philadelphia um, that will have a number of images on them. Great. It's so great. I don't even know what to do. I'm so, so over the top about this. I'm, like, losing it. Um, it's liter- literally like a dream come true. And so it'll just be images. There's no text, and it'll be a kind of narrative that moves around the city. Oh, my gosh. Sam, how many billboards? It's over 30, right? Wow. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. So Will they be mapped? Yes. They'll be mapped, and then it will be one full month of all of the billboards up, and then some will be up for all three months of the show. So I'm really very, very excited about it. And I'm also taking it very, very seriously as something important for Philadelphia in terms of where the images go and what they mean and what they'll mean in the surrounding neighborhoods. And I feel strongly that this is the billboard project is um, key to the show, is very central to the the idea of this kind of interior-exterior dichotomy. And it, it matters a lot to me. And so I'm working my ass off on it. So do you have any advice for a young photographer starting out, right Um, out of school or right not out of school, just someone with a camera? Yeah, here it is. Work very hard. Work hard. That's my my advice at all times. Get to business and work. Also, read. That's another thing. 
And what should they read? Dune by Frank Herbert. <laughs> no, that, that's a personal favorite, but that is not really related. Um, people should read things that are of interest to them, and that's really for real. I just read um, this last week, I read a new edition of Brothers Grimm's Fairy Tales, which was really great. I read Methland, which is an interesting uh, nonfiction book about kind of small town meth laboratories and the meth epidemic. I also reread The Odyssey, and I got something else too this week that was really good. I can't remember. Obviously, it wasn't that good. <laughs> but those were the three. Those were the three from this week. Talk about the role of community for an artist. Uh, right now we have two photo community centers. Mm -hmm. um, and how great is that? It's so amazing. I am so thrilled. I mean, photography, because it's, you know, blah, 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 democratic medium, it's easier. But it's really great to be able to have these kind of community-based photo centers. Um, I'm printing all of the prints for the show at PPAC, which is really a thrill for me. So I'm printing them myself with, the, with their help um, at a community darkroom. And it mattered a lot to me in theory, especially because I wanted to make sure that there was a kind of um, connection of community access to the interior of the academy. Philadelphia is very community-oriented in terms of this. It's a different structure than a lot of cities. So it's really great to be able to see that people are interested in committing to work hard on having access for people to, to produce photographs. It's uh, genuinely beautiful, actually. We've been speaking with Zoe Strauss today. Thank you so much, Zoe. It's been great. Thank you so much. The pleasure's been mine. I'm very, very proud to have been asked to do this by both of you, and I'm very appreciative for your work. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And thanks to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.